Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Hannah Woodward, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Hi, Dave. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. And before we break open the bread of life, Rob, we want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us and see how God wants to speak to us today. I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for the gift of Lent. And the invitation that you gave each each and every one of us to enter deeper into our relationship with you, especially through the exercises of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. So please give us the resolve to to stick with our promises. And if we fall in, Lord, just uh, help us to get back up and, and continue on. Uh, please bless and protect each one of our friends that are listening today. Uh, bless them and their families. Help them today to uh, to be open. Help us all, Lord, to be open to receiving your word and to living your word as husbands, as wives, as brothers and sisters, as friends, cousins, in all aspects of our lives. Help us, Lord, to, to be your love and light in the world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Hannah, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Sure thing, Dave. Uh, the gospel today comes from Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all of his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, A severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. He said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because the son of mine was dead 
and he has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back he neared the house. He heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all the years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I couldn't help reflecting as you were reading, Hannah, which I'd never seen this before, that this son that that took his inheritance and went off and squandered it in the world, well, that's like you and each and every one of us. But then what does he do? Number one, he recognizes that he's a sinner. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would one of your hired workers. He recognizes it, and then he goes to the father and repents. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. And I was thinking, isn't this confession, the sacrament of reconciliation? Isn't this what we do? When we go out into the world and we sin, God has given us this beautiful gift and the sacrament of reconciliation to be able to go to the Father and to the priest is there as the representative of Christ, that intercessor in persona Christi, to say, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. And that is where God welcomes us back as these prodigal sons to his kingdom, to his banquet, when we truly, with a contrite heart, go to the sacrament of reconciliation, repent of our sins, and then the Lord robes us, puts our ring on our finger to recognize us as his children. We've come back to him. He's always wooing us. He's always inviting us. But it's our choice. We always have our free will choice. And I look at the the, the older brother and and, and the fact that he, he held within him jealousy and envy and pride. And when the younger son came back, rather than accept him and, and rejoice and celebrate, he held this bitterness within him. And that in and of itself is a sin that separated him from the father. And the father even goes to him and says, you know, come, you know, your your younger brother has come back. Rejoice. Come and come in and eat. Come and celebrate. But free will choice. The older brother says no. Says no. And too many times, and I love the word up here in the beginning, it says complain. Too many times I complain about others rather than pray for them. I complain about their actions rather than pray for them. And, you know, I've really been challenged by the Lord because, boy, I, I was really disturbed about watching the presidential... Uh, the returns, the debate? Yeah, the debates. Okay. And yeah, I was yeah. I was so concerned I, listening I to them. And, oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Listening I, to I them, and I'm too. like, I started to complain, and the Lord's like, stop that. Pray for each and every one of them. Do fast for them. That's what you're called to do. God is God. 
We're called to pray and to fast for those individuals. And if they're off base, the greatest gift we can do is not to complain, because that's working for the enemy in his camp, is to pray and to fast for them. And we look at that in sacred scripture. We see Paul, who was Saul, one of the biggest persecutors of the church. But when he had an encounter with Christ, he became one of the greatest writers, greatest apostles, greatest evangelists. He had a life changed. You know, so you know what? Don't give up hope. Pray and fast for each and every one of these candidates, because every time you complain, you are just like the Pharisees and scribes. You know what I'm saying? And you're not doing what God's asked us to do. Pray and fast. Pray and fast. You know, that's it. That's joining with God in this battle for our country who needs help, and needs the light. And, you know, earlier in the week, I had uh, I was in a gospel reflection group, and somebody brought up about the uh, the older son, and they they made a comment. And I probably won't be able to get it exactly right, but hopefully, I can get the gist of it about the the elder son. You know, we're sometimes like that when we try to do everything right. You know, we go to mass, we go go to confession regularly, we do follow all the rules, and then we see somebody being welcomed back into the church who doesn't follow, hasn't followed any rules, has been wasting their time and energy, and all of a sudden they're brought back into the church. And the point that they made was that uh, why they said sometimes I really have to look at myself and wonder why I'm not, as an older son, why I'm not more like my father, why I have a different uh, attitude towards my brother. And, you know, it kind of really hit me as like, that's exactly the, that's really where most of us are. Like, why am I not more like my father? If this is the way that the second person of the Blessed Trinity expresses the relationship between father and and his children— and I don't share that, then I'm not I'm not one with, you know, Jesus obviously understood this because right. he was able to put it into parable form and share it with us. But somehow or another, I identify with that older son and say, what's the matter with my father? Why, does, why doesn't he get this? He just got taken advantage of, and he's letting his son walk all over him. And I'm, you know, I'm the only one that seems to know what's going on around here as opposed to, why don't I think more like my father? Well, you know, why am I not more like my father? Why am I here arguing with my father about something I think would be more just than the way he's handling the situation? You know, then I kind of like, what's wrong? What's separating me from that love of my father, that mercy that my father's showing to my brother? Why, when, why, when I heard that there was a party for my brother who returned, I didn't say, "Great, give me a glass of wine. Let's get in there." You know, let me get in there and right. and and celebrate. Why didn't that instinctively come to me? You know, and kind of really, really hit me. You know, something that that struck me, and it was a conversation we had a few weeks ago. I think it was the the first Sunday of Lent when Jesus was in the desert. Um, one of our gospel reflection brothers talked about the sponge that, you know, when you dip a, a dry sponge in, in milk and you squeeze it, what comes out? Milk. You dip that sponge in soda and you squeeze it, what comes out? Soda. Um, so whatever's in the sponge when it's squeezed is going to come out. So if we are the sponge and we get squeezed, what's going to come out? So when Jesus was squeezed in, in the desert by the by the devil and the temptations, what came out? Well, Scripture and, and the Holy Spirit, right? So, so here... At the point where the son says, look, I can, you, can just, you can just feel the contempt, right? Look, 
all these years. So he was probably festering and brewing this and thinking this and out in the field working, saying, man, I'm, I'm working hard. Where is, where is this no good scoundrel? And then he was squeezed. And look what came out. Look, yeah. right? So when we're squeezed, if we have jealousy and envy brewing in us and stewing in us and, and we get squeezed, Look at look what's going to come out, and the 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 son or the father says, but when you're or the older brother says, but when your son, he doesn't even claim him as his brother. It's like he disowned him as a brother, so he calls him your yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool how the father, when he refers to him, he doesn't say my son. He says your brother. Rejoice yeah. because your brother was dead. So he's yeah. trying to write that relationship. So Tom, when you were talking about like how come we don't get as excited as the father, the reflection I wrote when you were sharing that was um, you know, heaven rejoices more over one sinner returning mm. and Lord help me rejoice in that same way. And also if we love God, we should love what, what and who God loves most and that's people. Not only mm-hmm. people, but people in, in right relationship with him and with each other. So when there's not right relationship with people and God, and we know that, and there's not right relationship with the people that we know with each other, do we have the heart of the Father? Are we praying for that? And are we longing for that? And are we envisioning when that relationship is right and how we're going to rejoice? Because that's what we're that's what we're soaking in. So when it happens, we're not going to get squeezed and have you know junk come out. We're going to have rejoicing come out and joy and peace and love. Yeah, and I I wrote down this, and I I really try and live by this that. God the Father always seems to bring sinners into my life to reveal my sin. And I really want to stay spiritually attuned to that Amen. because it says tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. We need to draw near to listen to Jesus every day. We are all sinners. And when you become a Pharisee or a scribe that you think you're self-righteous and holier than thou, you are in a trap. We are all sinners, and there's a great prayer that's in our little prayer book called the Litany of Humility. Let me tell you what. Pray that prayer every day. You know, I think it's Chief Justice Clarence Thomas has that behind his desk, you know, at at the Supreme Court to remind him, you know, the humility. It's not of him. It's of God. And, And always praying to God, listening to Jesus daily so that we can draw closer to him because, you know what? So quick the enemy breaches our walls of our hearts and pierces them with the seeds of pride, spiritual pride especially, jealousy, envy. And you know what, Rob? I know it because sometimes I get squeezed and what comes out of me is not healthy. It's not pure. It's not living water. But when we are in communion, common union with God through our daily journeys, through mass, reflection, scripture readings, wherever God's taken us to get into that intimate time, when we're squeezed, what's supposed to come out of us as sponges? Living water, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. I was thinking of a story of a man that that quit the workplace who I had given a job to. He worked for our company. And He took that and went to a radio station that kept playing on the radio, would name our company and then say, take this job and shove it. And it really hurt me. And so I carried that in me till one day I'm a Chuck E. Cheese with my family and I look and he's there with his family. And I hear the still quiet voice, go and congratulate him on his new job, which I had already got a new job and make peace. Well, 
you know what? I was getting squeezed because I didn't want to do that. But the Lord wanted to lance, lance that impurity within me so that I would be set free. And then to, again, heal that relationship with my brother, my brother in Christ, because he was brought up in the same church as I was, same Catholic church. It was beautiful. Knew his family for 30 years. So I went over to his table and greeted him and congratulated him on his job. And it was like his face totally changed. I never brought up the past. I didn't remind him of what he said and did. I didn't ask for an apology. It was a miracle in the healing of a relationship. And, you know, um, one of the things I think, too, that we have to remember about mercy is that, um, you know, and, and it's very clear from this story, is that we don't think the way the Father thinks. And I think Pope Francis has you know, helped open my eyes uh, since he's been in his pontificate. Um, he he talks about God's mercy and almost um, talks about it almost in place of God's love. But in fact, they're they're the same thing. God demonstrates his his love in in mercy um, to those who are in need. But the thing that I've that I've come to appreciate, and you you kind of hit on it, David, is uh, you know when, when we get, the best time to refill uh, our sponge is when it's it's when it's squeezed, when it's the end of being squeezed. And if what comes out is is anger and frustration and, you know, and bitterness and whatever, that's the point where and – I, and I, from your story, David, that's that's the point where you put in this is what should go back in here. And then as, it, as you kind of open up and relax yourself, it, you get filled up with the mercy and the love of God as opposed to having – you know – you get squeezed, the bitterness comes out, and then you don't bother to think about what's going back in, and you just walk away, and as the sponge expands, it just takes in more of the same from the environment, probably, because that's the world that we live in. But in fact, that's the best time to do it. And the other thing, to your to the point you brought up, Rob, is you look at the sponge and say, if what's coming, you know, when I see what comes out, I've got to work back upstream and say, how did that get in there? And what's the process that I use in my life for filling myself up inside? Is it watching debates and getting critical, angry, and frustrated? Or is it watching debates and then saying, I need to pray for these people? You know, where is, you know, we work back upstream and say, how is my sponge being filled up? What processes am I using in my life to fill my sponge back up again when it gets squeezed? And, it can, you know, we get squeezed all day, every day sometimes, you know, some yeah. some high stress days we're constantly in that in that stress mode you know and you know i want to go back to again what i was saying about the sacrament of reconciliation because listen to the words father i have sinned against heaven and against you and i'm thinking about this great gift that the catholic church has been given to the gift of the priesthood where christ had you know gave them the power to forgive sins, who sins you forgiven are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained, because it's Jesus Christ working in, through, and with that priest. And I'm just looking, as because when we go into the confessional, we say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. We acknowledge, just as the lost son acknowledged, that he's a sinner. But then after we confess our sins, and I invite everybody, go weekly, go every two to three weeks, stay clean, because you know what? If you don't stay clean, when your sponge is squeezed, those impurities will come out. And so for me, the, the enemy for my life used fear, not knowing the words of the act of contrition, you know, not wanting to tell the priest, you know, what I did. Stop that. Those are all tactics of the enemy. Go and be set free. The priests were given a gift to help to set the captives free. That's you and I.
We are going to Christ within that priest. And it is Christ, the mediator, the one mediator between God the Father and us, who is there, who hears, and through Christ, that working through that priest, who forgives us. And then I look at the act of contrition and listen to these words. Oh, my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you. I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. And here's this, this true contrition of the heart. I firmly resolve, with the help of your grace, to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, go, go, go. Be set free. Be made clean. Be that new creation and live that abundant life. Fabulous sacrament. Fabulous. And we have a, an amazing opportunity tonight into tomorrow, Friday into Saturday, to go to churches in our area. It's that 24 hours of with the Lord. And uh, you can look up online and find out where closest to you. There, there's, so there's going to be adoration all over the place for 24 hours with confession. Um, yeah, I know at our parish, uh, I live outside of Philadelphia, we have you know, the 24 hours, and then I think there's three or four times within those 24 hours that three priests will be there for confession. So uh, you know, check out your church or the local churches to see who's participating in, uh, in this 24 hours for the Lord. And you know, it's interesting, Rob, because I was looking here in the first two words, tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. How many people in the church were truly Pharisees and scribes that ended up pushing those people away from the church because we judged them and said, oh, they're divorced and they're remarried. They don't deserve to be in this church. Or or I know them. They go out at night and they do this and they do that. Stop that. We need to be those instruments of healing that continually point to Christ. I don't ever want to hold others to their past. These were tax collectors and sinners. I don't want to do that, and I've done it in the past. I've held them to their past sins. Stop. When a person truly comes to Christ and truly is forgiven by the Father, they're a new creation in Christ. They are, you know, part of our brothers and sisters, part of our family. So me, I don't ever want to hold them to their past. I want to affirm them in their journey and be instruments to help them continue on that journey, never hold them to their past. And we do that when we bring up others' sins of their past or we complain about them, we judge them, and I fall into that trap of the enemy and actually been worked for the enemy by doing those types of things. And another key also is don't have the grave sin of unforgiveness of yourself. That is a grave sin that you need to confess to God, the Father, and ask for the grace to be able to forgive yourself. Because to hold on to that sin will keep you from heaven. Because when we choose through our free will to hold on, that's the unforgivable sin. When we go and we repent and we ask God for that forgiveness, then He forgives us. But we need to forgive ourselves. Jesus taught us how to pray. Forgive us our trespasses. How? As we forgive others. That includes us. Because then we are truly out of the prison cell of of sin. We have made our exodus from Egypt's sin to the promised land. And ladies and gentlemen, just go today and be set free and go out there and be instruments of change in the world. As Mother Teresa said, be the change that you want to see in the world. It starts with you. And and as uh, you know, as we're 
journeying through this year of mercy, I think, at least for me, it's easier to perform the corporal works of mercy. You know, it's easier to feed someone who's hungry, give someone a drink, or give someone a jacket. Um, but the spiritual works of mercy, especially especially the uh, admonished sinners, has always been tough for me. Um, and as you're sharing this, Dave, about the past, you know, we don't want to hold anybody to their past. But if there's people that we love that are currently in the present, living in sin, how do we do that? How do we, with love, practice that spiritual work of mercy? And and uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the saying, Jesus loves us so much that he meets us where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. So if we're in the, you know, if we're feeding, you know, with, we're hanging out with the swine, um, I would love someone, but you know, to admonish me in a, in a, in a loving way. Uh, but I need Jesus to help me to do that, you know, lovingly to others. Well, you know, and that really takes a surrender to the Holy Spirit because we are not God, but we can be used by God as instruments. And I was thinking of a plane ride that I just took this past week, and I was on the plane. I'm listening to these two 30-year-old guys. One man's Jewish, one man's a Baptist, one man's from Brazil, one man's from the United States, and they're talking. And the entire two-thirds of the trip, they're talking about parties and girls and this and that. Their whole life has been one big journey of one party to the next party to the next party to the next girl to the next girl. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, Lord, please give me an entree. But see, that's the key. You need to go into your heart where God lives in our hearts and call on the Holy Spirit to help you to give you that opening. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, wait, they're going to invite you in. So I kept listening with spiritual ears. I heard the one man say he's Jewish. And the other man said he's Baptist. And the Jewish man said, you know, he said, well, I'm just a cultural Jew. And they kept sharing, and I'm like, oh, please, Lord, give me an entrance, give me a doorway. And so finally they turned to me, and they invited me in the conversation. I said, it's so interesting. We have a Jewish man, a Baptist, and a Roman Catholic. And they all laughed. <laughs> sounds like a sort of a joke. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a joke. But a Catholic, then the Holy, Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit took over, and whatever I shared with that Brazilian man pierced his heart. He said, I've never met a man like you. I've never heard such words. you know." And it really drew him drew him back to the path of learning the faith that his grandparents taught him. Learning the journey of his life is not just about this world and pleasures. So it was powerful. And the Jewish man acted like he was sleeping, but I know he wasn't. (laughs) So it was really powerful. But look for those divine appointments. But then, Rob, share truth with love only with the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You must go and must have that communion, that common union with the Holy Spirit in your hearts to have him set up, tee it up, Open the door and then go through it. Don't try and bust the door down. Don't try and break the window. Then God's like, oh, boy, got to get another door, got to get another window. As we always say, Rob, when I try and close the deal, I close the door. Wait. Be patient. Go into prayer and look for the opportunities to be those instruments of truth with love. Because too many times in the past, I've taken that sort of truth, which is meant to pierce the heart, and I've whacked people with it. And it doesn't feel good. So, Lord, help each of us out, every one of us out there, to have those spiritual eyes to see, those spiritual ears to hear, and then be instruments to wield that sort of truth to pierce the heart of the believer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at 
stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.